the best way in terms of conversions would be to have a separated site because if you only consider a conversion, uh, that click that takes you to Amazon, that does not go, uh, guarantee uh, a purchase. So sure. basically, if you want to, uh, to optimize for those clicks. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon sellers, or should I say e-commerce sellers who are mainly focused on Amazon. So today we are talking to Petru Jakob of Audiencer. He's the founder of Audiencer, which helps Facebook advertisers find cold audiences and uh, particularly important for a lot of e-commerce business owners. But the tricky thing, of course, is integrating that into an Amazon-focused uh, business, which is a whole different ballgame. So that's why we've got Petra on the show. So first of all, warm welcome. Thanks so much for coming on. Hello. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. And out of interest, where are you coming to us from in the world today? Romania, which is next to Ukraine. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, we're all fairly aware of the geography there. Yes. I'll see you in London in a few months' time if you want someone to come. So joking apart, of course, we got good old uh, Facebook ads much talked about, obsessed about by digital marketers since they created it, I think. But a yep. lot of Amazon business owners I know have played with them, dabbled with them, found them in most cases unsuccessful. I know a few people who've nailed down using them for launches. So today we're going to talk particularly about how to use them to boost a launch. So the first question is, why should we even use Facebook? Obviously, Amazon ads are on the Amazon platform. We've got shoppers there. We've got the organic SEO ranking on Amazon why do we even need to include Facebook ads in our arsenal these days? Yeah, it's it's different stories. Like with Amazon, if you're not using ads and you only rely on the, the organic side of it and you optimize your listings and all that, you kind of rely on people deciding to go shopping and go for your products and compare your products with with other people's. Whereas with the, the kind of ad advertising Facebook offers, you access the broad masses. Basically, you disrupt uh, their lives and you show your products in, in front of them while they're browsing. It, it's a different story. It's a different everything, different messaging, but it can be a great way to, uh, to scale your business. Okay. So would you say then the best use case for it is somebody who's really wanting to aggressively grow their audience and their sales, or, or is it still something that somebody who's slightly more modest in their ambitions could still use? It's, uh, it's for both, it's for everybody. Basically, you with Facebook, you create another channel, another acquisition channel for your business. It's separated from uh, whatever you're doing with Amazon, and it's a good way to acquire a lot of new customers because Facebook uh, right now has like over 2 billion people active on the platform. And they know a lot about all of those people. 
And they have uh, crazy targeting options and super smart algorithms that go after whoever you need, whenever you need. So they show your ads like at the, the right time for the right people. Okay. And I presume yep. that also another argument in favor of, of Facebook would be a risk diversification. So if you're Correct. on Amazon, all of your traffic comes from Amazon and your sales. And if you're on FBA, all your fulfillment. Is that one of the reasons why your clients end up using yep. Facebook? Yeah, obviously. And this is valid uh, for Facebook as well, because if you're like, uh, if you have a store on Shopify and you only use Facebook to drive traffic to, to your website, using Amazon is a good way to diversify your risk and using Google to acquire new customers. Because if you if you have only single channel, this, this happens basically on all of the platforms. Like you can have accounts shut down on Amazon, on Facebook, on Google, on Twitter, like everywhere. So whatever you have going, you, you kind of want to, to diversify uh, that risk of getting shut down. Great, so diversification, potentially bigger market, or at least increasing your market. Yep. And just another opportunity if, if you do it the right way. I know that one of the problems with Amazon is obviously that Amazon doesn't really let you install Pixel. So attribution of sales or tracking, mm -hmm. you're spending a lot of money very easily on any pay-per-click platform, Facebook included, in my experience, very easily. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, then we've got to see if we're getting a return on investment. So how do you go about solving that, that whole problem of attribution? Facebook has uh, a thing called conversion tracking and optimization. Basically, uh, they need you to report to them, to report back to, to Facebook's platform and algorithms, whoever buys from you so they know which click uh, from their platform have uh, has generated attraction for you. So basically, if, if they show your ads to a given audience and they get positive response, as in you make, let's say, 10 sales out of uh, a thousand impressions, they know that audience is a good audience for you, for your products, and they keep showing it on, uh, on the same type of, uh, of audience, uh, showing your ads. Whereas if you do not report back uh, your sales, they're going to, uh, to display your ads to a different audience and then move to another audience. And basically, if they do this and you're not making any sales, even though you're making any sales, but not reporting those sales, they're going to consider your ads are pretty bad, pretty low in, uh, in performance and kick you out of those good audiences. And this is unfortunately with, with Amazon, this is something you, you have to find uh, a way around because uh, with Amazon, you don't have access to install pixels and tracking via the, the conversions uh, API. And also you, you don't get to, uh, to have information on the buyers themselves. So you need to find a way around this. And the best way is to actually have a totally separated different platform like Shopify, like any page that uh, will allow you to, to report back to Facebook, whatever sales you're making. And Shopify, because Shopify is, is the best out there in terms of, of stores, of e stores. Okay, so it is understandable that you need an extra page or, yep. or another place. Why yep. shop? I mean, let me just clarify and tease this apart because I think there's even amongst the very savvy sellers in the mastermind that I run, there's a bit of confusion here. So Shopify is a fully functional direct-to-consumer site, i.e. people can buy there. There's a shopping cart, there's a facilities for, you know, all the stuff that Amazon does, like you've added stuff to the cart, but why didn't you buy and all that stuff. Yep. But what you're talking about, is it about making a sale on the direct-to-consumer site or is it about capturing a lead or is it literally about they click on that page and they get immediately redirected to Amazon? What's the sort of pathway we're talking here? 
Uh, you can go both ways, but the best way in terms of conversions would be to have a separated site because if you only consider a conversion, uh, that click that takes you to Amazon, that does not go, uh, guarantee uh, a purchase. So sure. basically, if you want to uh, to optimize for those clicks, uh, you can use any page and whenever they click on the add to cart button to direct them to, to Amazon, but then you'll be optimizing on the add to carts and not on the, the purchases themselves. Okay, so just talk me talk me through that the concrete example. Uh, <laughs> a concrete example. So let's say you're selling uh, shoes and you you have some ads and you have an intermediary page, and people uh, you set up your ads on on Facebook and people click on those, land on your page, and from that page, like if you uh, store it on let's say ClickFunnels or something like that, that allows you to create that page. They click on the page. Uh, on the button of, on the page, then an event is fired and lets Facebook know that click happened. And then that customer goes to Amazon and either they buy or they don't buy that event already fired. So basically Facebook won't know uh, if that purchase happened. Okay. That makes sense. So that's one path. So let, so it's yep. a Facebook ad to interstitial page or whatever you want to call it, landing page. Mm -hmm. They click on the buy button, they go to Amazon, and then it's in a black box. We don't know. Yep. So you can, and so how do you deal with attribution? Let's say I've spent, I don't know what it would be. A typical cost would be, say, let's say it's in the US, $3 a click on Facebook um, mm -hmm. out of 10 clicks because they're very targeted. What would be a typical conversion rate to add to cart in that sort of scenario? Or does it just vary? It very much depends on the industry. I've seen ads where I've had a couple of clicks in a row that converted like at a hundred percent conversion rate. Yeah. And I've seen traffic that did nothing. So <laughs> a typical uh, typical conversion rate pretty much depends on the traffic you're getting on industry, but it can be anywhere from the conversion rate, sorry. It can be anywhere from, I don't know, 1% to even 10%. All right. So let's say 1%. So I spent a yeah. dollar, uh, let's say, let's be kind and say I spent a dollar a click. It's 1%. So I spent a hundred bucks to get that ad to cart. How do I deal with whether I'm getting return on my ad dollars or, or at least if it's not a return because there's a launch, so it's a cost center, how much it's costing me to launch my products? Yeah. How, how do I get my head around the, the numbers for that? Yeah, you'll have to uh, to calculate the the return on investment based on whatever sales you're making on Amazon. Yeah, but how yeah. do I know what sales are making on Amazon based on Facebook ads? You just told me that we don't know that. We know that exactly. the ads are cut. Exactly. So how do you figure that out? Average conversion rate? So you say you had... 10 ad to, let's say 10% conversion. So we had, I spent whatever, 300 bucks on ads. I've had a 10% conversion rate to add to cart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then what do you do? Take a typical add to cart to sales relationship on Amazon for that product? Or how do you figure that out? If you don't have an exact way to track, you, you kind of have to assume stuff. So maybe one way would be to have a separate listing where you drive traffic with Facebook ads only. But if you have a listing on Amazon, it, it will still be on Amazon. <laughs> so it, it's going to it's going to be hard to to track or whatever you don't control. Even if you control in its real estate, you still have problems with the cookies and all of that. So I understood iOS updates, all the rest. But so how do we actually get some kind of concrete handle on? Because I'm just imagining the conversations with one of my hard boiled mm -hmm. mastermind members making several million pounds a year in revenue, but they're they're like, I want to get a return on. Why should I do this ad stuff? off Amazon and how are they going to get some kind of handle on whether they should do more of it or not and whether it's working on what's the simple way of doing with that uh, okay. yeah when running the these kinds of numbers I assume the the better way would be to have a fully integrated system and handling themselves the um, the fulfillment 
like instead of using Amazon FBA, maybe a better idea would be to to just go with the shop. I mean, if you if you want to track to properly track your sales and report those to to how much you're spending uh, on Facebook, then you you have to separate whatever you're doing on Amazon and whatever you're doing on Facebook. Because if you mix them and spend some money on Amazon ads, some money on Facebook ads, some money on Google ads, and you also get traffic from certain purchases from organically from Amazon, then it's going to to be insanely hard to uh, to separate those and see whatever channel is is winning and whatever channel is losing. Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for being honest about that because I this, this is the constant cry of people in any business anywhere. Actually, it's like I put money in and money comes out. Why is the right. cause and effect relationship between them, or mm-hmm. is it just correlations with just coincidence or luck? Or and I guess what you're being honest about the fact you can track some of it. I think being able to track add to carts give you a, a fairly that's certainly a big step up on most people's metrics. That's a, it's a big improvement. Yeah. If you know your conversions and uh, your numbers in general, tracking one and assuming the other may be a good idea, but uh, in my experience, and I know th- this tracking and attribution thing is huge right now and it's a, mm. it's a big problem to solve. I know it's just assuming, so it's not real data. Sure, but at least it's assuming it's some assumptions, but some actual data as opposed to 100% assumptions. Or I spent X amount on Facebook ads and Amazon ads and my sales were X, so I assumed that the Facebook ads worked, which is the even worse, which is what I see a lot of the time. And the other thing, uh, the other side of it is if you have, uh, if you have some products on Amazon and you're driving traffic uh, from, uh, from Amazon organically and with Facebook ads and you're profitable, you need to know that you can't just scale to to an infinite of, of to an infinity of customers because the more you try the more you try scaling the more the numbers go all over the place like you can have ROAS dropping a lot when you scale you can have all sorts of problems i think it's better to to just diversify uh, user acquisition like instead of uh, just finding a channel that's profitable and turning off the others to keep the most profit and then hit some problems I think it's better to just localize those and keep those channels that are profitable if you can identify them. (laughs) Yeah, which is the whole point. Okay, so let's say we've knocked around a lot about the attribution thing. So let's zoom back out. So we're doing, we're talking about Facebook driven ads, sorry, Facebook ad driven traffic in order to contribute to an Amazon launch. So the objective of which I guess is normally getting reviews and or getting ranking for main keywords. I guess that's the primary aim, right? So what are the what are the two or three ways that we could do that in practice? How does that break down into sort of sub-launch types, if any? Uh, so like when uh, preparing a launch? Yeah. What are we meaning by launch, I guess? I'm, for me, I'm assuming that you're starting a, a product from scratch on Amazon. Is that mm-hmm. how you would use Facebook ads for an Amazon-focused launch? Yeah. Yeah, there are like two types of launches, like where one is where you just go and uh, upload your your images and just publish everything in your life. And then there's the other uh, type of launch when you're launching a product. And this is widely used in, especially in the digital place where the marketers build uh, a lot of buzz before, before going live with the product. And with Facebook, you can have your product, you can have a landing page somewhere outside of Amazon. And on that landing page, uh, you can have uh, a sign-up form 
where people can give your email and let's say your strategy is to to notify them where, when the product goes live so you can have you can run as to that page and build build buzz around the brand around the product let's say you're uh, you, uh, you're launching some uh, new pair of running shoes that are revolutionizing the running industry <laughs> and you this way you can build the list and whenever you go live you can uh, you can email that entire list to to drive sales and reviews and all, all of that Okay, great. And that's a lovely theory. And we all know that the theory, or at least the money's in the list, is a lovely idea. How well does that work in practice? How well have you got some examples of some numbers or clients who've had that actually work? I didn't have clients with this strategy. I just know it's widely used. There are many people who use uh, this kind of pre-launch style. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very common in the information marketing space. Is this something you've seen people use in the e-commerce space? Because obviously, if you're selling a, a $2,000 or, I don't know, $1,500 reduced to $997 in a webinar, it's like the iron law of pricing in these things, isn't it? But if you're selling a, a widget for $50, obviously, the economics are quite different. Do you see people use it in that kind of space? It, it's hard to tell. It's something you can try. But uh, speaking of pre-launches, this strategy is widely used on Kickstarters. Uh, kind of websites like okay. you you have that idea of yours and you uh, you have people backing you and paying for something and getting it later so it's in the same area okay interesting so i know yeah. so assuming that we're going to go ahead and, and do something like this i know you've got a little framework for how you you know think about the advertising so having interrogated whether we can attribute it to some degree will it look work purely for on amazon launches to some degree how do we, where do we go next? Assuming that we're going to go ahead and decide to use Facebook ads, what's the next step? Yeah. So the next step is to actually set up the ads, but before doing that, you, you have to, uh, to do a bit of research and I have a little framework for this. Uh, it's called the CAT framework, <laughs> which stands for, uh, C stands for creative and A stands for audiences and T obviously stands for testing. With the copy and the creatives, you have to figure out the, the problems in your niche. Like, uh, for example, you want to go to where, where people congregate in your niche. Like it can be on Facebook groups. It can be on YouTube, you know, where people comment below videos. And you'll see in some cases, there's a lot of, there are lots of comments around problems. For example, in the Facebook ads industry, uh, a big problem is having the account shut down or the attribution thing is a big problem. And whenever you see someone uh, mentioning an account being shut, you see a lot of comments. And from there, you can see what the problem is, uh, what the solutions are usually. And this way you can uncover a lot, lots of angles to use in your copy. For example, if you're launching that pair of shoes and you go to, to groups on Facebook where people uh, talk a lot about running, you can figure out what the problems are and how they tie into your own shoes. Because I'm assuming uh, when you design those shoes, you spoke with people in the running industry. It, going from there, you can, uh, you can start with lots of angles and crafting that copy to, to integrate it with uh, the actual feature of your products, of your shoes. Nice, I and, like it. And, and there's a nice integration between thinking about your product and how to sell it, and also the audience, not just in general, but on a specific platform that you're then going to be advertising to. So that's nice, smart, I like it. Great. And what's the best practical sort of starting point? You, what would you do, join Facebook groups? 
around say if i'm selling running shoes for example i went for a run earlier and i bought i spent 150 pounds whatever that is and 160 70 euros on on a pair of running shoes a while ago which for me is quite a lot and certainly more expensive than average trainers so obviously i was sold on this idea so what would i do as an advertiser i'd go on a facebook groups for runners and then look for people talking about my shoes hurt my feet or don't support me or my knees hurt after my last marathon and not, not only Facebook, I mean, I'm from the digital space and you hear lots of people are on Facebook, but they can be on Reddit, they can be on YouTube, they can be on Twitter. There's lots of platforms, even on TikTok, you can get to see lots of comments. You First, you need to figure out where people congregate in that niche you're in and then start looking after, after trends, after slang, because if you're using the kind of copy, like not general words, but rather slang people use when running, for example, you're, get, you, you're going to get a lot more attention with your ads, with the copy of, the, of those ads. Yeah, it's true. And, and I guess also you got to think about, I'm just thinking about myself as a customer avatar for a second. So I, mean, I, I bought these expensive trainers and I have hardly used them because I have this aspiration to be this fit guy who's losing his middle-aged you know, belly and the truth is that I'm not. So I guess that it's working about the aspirations that people have and then the realities of their lives and all those stuff, which I guess really brings us to the targeting. So you talked about the, the generalization of you know the way of looking at the customer avatar, what they care about, the problems they have, linking that with your products. That's like marketing 101. Most people don't bother, by the way, so it's still good advice. But specifically, once you've done that, how do we translate that into Facebook ad targeting um, and audience selection? Yeah, same. The same philosophy goes into uh, to choosing your targeting. Uh, Facebook has this thing called interest. So basically, what they do is they they track your behavior on their platform and on the internet where they can. And whenever you engage on some topic, let's say you click on a you click or comment something on an image that's related to running you are going to have an interest attributed to you. Basically, an interest is like a keyword or a topic that's assigned to you. So whenever, let's say if I'm, uh, if I'm launching a, a new pair of shoes, I can go and target keywords related to running. Like it can be, I don't know, running is a bit too broad. And yeah, what let's I, say uh, half marathon or something, because that's the ones that I run, because I'm too wimpy to run a whole marathon or exactly. I just fall apart. So would that be a, a, a narrow enough niche? Is that too specific? Is that I don't think it's uh, it's broad because when you're looking for targeting, you kind of want to look for key for slang for keyword in the industry, because uh, if you're targeting, for example, running, you can get any type of people, even people who who never run or run once a year. Or but if you're uh, if you're targeting half marathons or interval training or other keywords, I don't know triathlon, for example. I know those guys are like hardcore. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or some sort of supplements, vitamins, whatever runners use. <laughs> yeah. So if you target that, you have uh, a way higher chance to, to actually hit runners. So this is what I recommend when looking for keywords to target with Facebook ads. Great. That's really great. So you're looking for very specific industry slang, the sort of thing that runners would say to each other, but people who aren't runners wouldn't. Not that I'm like a, a proper runner, so I probably don't know the slang. But yeah, I get the idea. And certain types of people are quite obsessive as well, aren't they? Yeah, I was saying you can target even even athletes, even personalities, blogs, st uh, stuff, things that nobody knows except the people in that industry. Yeah, I like it. That reminds me of a, a very Amazon-specific thing that Will Chernlin was talking about years ago, which is 
um, not the same as an advertising choice, but the market choice, which is going after a piece of equipment that nobody in the world knows exists, except people who are in a particular sport, hobby, industry, etc. And they're obsessed with it. Like there's a thing that you use in uh, climbing, apparently, which he's into, and I'm not, and therefore I, I can't remember what it is. There's some widget that every climber knows what it is, and nobody else does. So that kind of thing, right? Very specific. Okay, great. So we've had, we've got our, our cap framework. So copying creators, we talked about audiences, then testing. We've already deep dived into how the heck do we actually track stuff. So how does this, how does this play out in real life? So with Facebook, this testing phase is something like you find your audiences, you have your creatives and your copy, and you have to bring those together because some copy will work with uh, some type of, uh, of, of audience and some copy will have its best match elsewhere. So basically, you, you have to find those winning combinations of interests or audiences and the copy. So when you, when you do have that, then you can scale and can bring new customers. Facebook will optimize this for you based on the conversion data. So you've got to have some yeah. kind of data. So I guess if you're, for example, using your interstitial page, mm -hmm. assuming it's a pure, quote unquote, pure Amazon play, i.e. you don't even sell on your own platform really, but you have one just so you've got a page, then you could optimize for add to cart, as you were saying. So that, yep. that, that would then mean that what do we do? Create like 10 different ad copies and, and three different audiences and let Facebook choose. How do you set that up? Yeah, yeah, you, you, can, uh, you can do this manually or you can have it where you group everything together and Facebook chooses. In the past uh, in the past years, Facebook is trying to move people to, to let Facebook do its thing. But sometimes it's best to, uh, to not stand in the way. And sometimes it's, it's best to do stand in the way because Facebook has this reputation of screw things like whenever you expect the list. And because of this, there's lots of opinions about manually doing things and letting Facebook handle everything. But when it comes to testing, obviously you have to decide what you want to run to keep running and what you want to keep. And speaking of reporting and optimization. Facebook has lots of events and these events, all of them can be fired. Like when you, when you have a page being viewed, when you have uh, a product page, a category page, you can fire events to, to Facebook uh, or whenever someone signs up for your, uh, whatever you're offering to, in exchange for their email, let's say a coupon or something or downloadable. And you can optimize for all of these events. So basically what Facebook does is whenever they see an event fired to them, they consider it success. So even if you, if you optimize for pages, page views, or you optimize for purchases, Facebook is going to optimize on success. So whenever that event happened, it's going to find more and more people that uh, are likely to do that action. So, okay. When optimizing for, this is a big issue because when optimizing for purchases, for example, you have less data and the algorithm on Facebook is uh, more likely to, to, to miss the target, so to speak. And whenever you're optimizing for, for more frequent events, you are going to get uh, more people that are going to fire those events. But the problem is, and this happens a lot in the process, people land on your page, then add to cart, then initiate checkout, then finish. Whenever you're optimizing for purchases, uh, you have a higher chance of getting purchases. Whereas if you optimize for uh, landing page views or for add to cards, people have a tendency to stop where you, where you optimize. Like you, you have a higher chance to get lots of add to card, card abandonment. Okay. That's a very interesting little nugget. So in other words, whatever you optimize for on Facebook, imperfect as it will be, is what you're likely to get more of, which sounds obvious, but it's not necessarily. So for example, Facebook 
doesn't know whether people are buying on Amazon or not because they haven't got access to that data. Even so, you should still tell Facebook to optimize for purchases and you'll get more purchases. Is that is that right? Perfect. That's a really good nugget. I like it. That's really good. Yes. So this is obviously quite a complicated business. This is potentially, I, I do know from one of the members of the mastermind that we've had uh, for a long time, was doing a lot of uh, work with other businesses, optimizing Facebook ads, driving to emails and absolutely killing it. So I do know that there can be amazing outcomes from this when it's done. But equally, I've seen a lot of people waste a lot of money and, and more importantly, drive themselves a bit crazy, go around in circles and get distracted from the stuff they are competent at. So if people want a bit of help with this stuff, what do you guys offer at Audiencer? Yeah, Audiencer helps Facebook advertisers find those those interested interests I was talking about to target with their ads. So basically, if you run an e-com store and especially an e-com store with that covers lots of industries, like more of a general store, or if you're uh, if you're an agency or working with the, with e-com and you have quite a few clients, or you're a freelancer, or you just want to to learn more ads and run ads for for other people. Uh, then you're going to to have this situation where you get to to access a new industry, a new niche for a client or for your store, and you're going to need targeting, fresh targeting. Whenever you you go to to the ads manager, you're going to type those uh, those keywords you want to target in, but those keywords have to be discovered, and that's a long and and boring process. This is why I created this tool to to save people a lot of time. Great. So in other words, you deal with the audience choosing part, which yeah. does strike me as the hardest. I guess ad copy is going to come down to doing the stuff you said, which is looking at what people, what words yep. people use, what problems people yep. have, what your product does. Again, copywriting 101 doesn't mean it's easy, but the audience thing is <laughs> more of a mystery to anyone who just sells on Amazon. They've had to do all the other stuff we've just mentioned. Yep. They haven't had to think about audiences because Amazon takes care of that slash it's mm -hmm. a search driven system. What is the, I know there's a few different bits of software out there that do that. So what differentiates audience from those? Yeah, what I did with the with audience was to organize all of the interests that can be targeted with Facebook into niches. So basically, uh, uh, Audiencer has a community-driven intelligence algorithm that groups all of the interests based on whatever people search, whatever people find useful. So whenever you go to Audiencer, you only need to uh, to type in your, your your niche, and from there you're going to to get a lot of options to you can target uh, with your with your Facebook ads. Nice. So in other words, I guess it's a confusion and a reducer and a time saver, broadly speaking. Is that the, the main yeah. thing? Great. Perfect. Yeah, because when you do this uh, this kind of research, you you have to discover, to know what you don't know, basically. Like mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't know the personalities, the blogs, the magazines, the whatever, in, in that niche, you have to discover them to go read blogs, try keywords, try stuff, and try to see if, if something is targetable. And that 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 consumes a lot of time. Yeah, time is always a, a really pressing concern yeah. for for owners slash owner operators of businesses. So that's that's really yeah. great. And in the business in the business world, it translates directly into money because if you if you spend time on doing something that's keeping you off from doing the important things in your business, then you're losing money. Yeah, I agree with that. And a lot of the time, using a tool 
if it saves a small amount of time, it, it mm-hmm. is a big payoff, not because of the tool itself or the, the results of the tool, but because of the time you haven't spent on that, that you can mm-hmm. spend on stuff that only you can do. So I'm a big fan of using tools intelligently. So if people want to sign up for a uh, free trial of the tool, I, they're just going to go to amazingfba.com forward slash audience. So that's audience plus an R for Romeo. Yep. And I know that you're in the process just of, thanks, <laughs> I've been begging you to create some free training for us and very grateful that you're yep. generously going to do that. Uh, if you're listening live, it's not available yet, but if you're listening to the podcast, it will be. So if you go to amazingfba.com forward slash FB ads, that's F-B-A-D-S for sugar, then you'll find that there. What are you going to talk through for us there, Patreon? Yeah, it'll be especially about this process of, of running ads, of running Facebook ads to Amazon-based businesses. And helping Perfect. them diversify the risk. Yeah, which is really useful because that's quite a specialist need. It's a big market, but it's quite a niche need as well. So that's mm-hmm. better than the 10 trillion YouTube videos about Facebook ads. But Facebook ads yeah. for audits yeah. for Amazon yeah. private label sellers, not so much, I think. So that's really helpful. Thank you. The last question I've got for this segment, I know we've got another episode we're going to talk about using Facebook ads to drive your own direct-to-consumer site sales, which is a whole different ballgame. But is there any other question that I should have asked you about Facebook ads as a way to drive an Amazon launch? Yeah. Okay, great. In this case, thank you very much, Petri, for coming on and uh, sharing your wisdom about Facebook ads for Amazon launches. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six- and seven-figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.